Welcome to the Christ Church Vienna podcast, gathering the theological and liturgical resources of Christ Church, the Anglican Church in Vienna, Austria. For more information about the ministry of Christ Church, visit us at ChristChurchVienna.org. You are listening to the Book of Common Prayer service from July 16th, 2023. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. (coughs) Almighty God, unto whom all hearts be open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee, and worthily magnify thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Join our prayers with the church throughout the world in the collect set for the sixth Sunday after Trinity. O God, who hast prepared for them that love thee such good things as pass man's understanding, Pour into our hearts such love toward thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises, which exceed all that we can desire, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated for the lesson. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his Spirit, that dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. 
The psalm appointed this morning is Psalm 65, which can be found on page 493. Psalm 65, verses 9 to the end, page 493, beginning with verse 9. Thou visiteth the earth, then blessest it. Thou makest it very plenteous. Thou waterest her furrows, thou sendest rain into the little valleys thereof. Thou makest it soft with the drops of rain, and blessest the increase of it. They shall drop upon the dwellings of the wilderness, and the little hills shall rejoice on every side. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Holy Gospel is written in the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning at the first verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. But as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet... Such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. We make a confession of our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, 
according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The gospel reading today, the parable that Jesus tells his disciples, is fundamentally a check on our hearts, a meditation on the things that cause us to deceive ourselves and why following our hearts or being true to ourselves can be dangerous. And this is what we will learn. We need to keep a close watch on our hearts lest we wander away from Jesus Christ. We need to keep a close watch on our hearts, lest we wander away from Jesus Christ. The passage begins with Jesus teaching both his disciples and the crowds, but on the heels of a few confrontations in chapter 12, the disciples, and so the reader of the gospel, are wondering why the negative reaction to Jesus. This miracle-working prophet who does very little other than go around helping people. Why a negative reaction to him? The parable, I think, provides something of an answer. It shows us a variety of responses to Jesus. The sower sows seed widely and indiscriminately. It falls on four soils, which are then described, three of which fail to yield fruit, but one that does. The parable in our reading is followed by Jesus' explanation. Now, of course, commentators and preachers would focus on that good soil most of the time. It is the aspirational soil, after all. The seed, according to the explanation, is the word of Jesus. It is the message of the gospel of the kingdom of God that Jesus has been proclaiming. And those who hear and understand it, who repent and follow Jesus in it, who become become those who have fruit. And so it makes sense to focus there. Except this, Jesus doesn't tell us what it means to bear fruit. Also, secondly, it's strange that there are three bad soils if the focus is meant to be the good soil. Then, thirdly, there's the eight verses that the lectionary, in its sort of pathetic way, omitted. In those verses, before he resigns himself to having to explain the parable to his otherwise baffled disciples, Jesus indicates that he teaches in parables in general, in part, in order to confound people. He even cites the the ministry of Isaiah to show that he sees his teaching work as failing, intentionally failing, as preaching to the deaf and to the blind. Let me quote just one verse from that section. Jesus, quoting Isaiah, says, For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. So if the focus 
of the parable is actually on the bad soils. Why? Why focus on bad soils? I think it's because Jesus is explaining why people keep rejecting his message. We, we need to know about ourselves. And this parable is an explanation as to why, when his word is sown into the heart, it might not produce fruit. In short, it's a meditation on the many reasons we reject Jesus Christ and his gospel proclamation, choosing to go our own ways, following the deceptions of our hearts, and being true to the worst versions of ourselves. And what are those reasons? Well, three soils. First is the path. In his explanation, Jesus describes it as the, the evil one coming and snatching away that which was sown in the heart, the word of the kingdom. That is, sometimes we are so stubborn, so hard-hearted, that the word of Jesus just simply does not penetrate. We get so set in our ways, so comfortable in our sin, so hopeless in our outlook, that the message of the kingdom, the message of grace, simply does not capture our hearts or minds. We either seek to be beyond God's influence or we think we are beyond his redemption. Either way, the message does not get through and we do not respond to the word of Jesus. Second is the rocky soil. Here, the word seems to have an effect, at least initially. But fear, being scared of what it means to be committed to the word of God in the long term, anxiety about what it means to fully give yourself to the life of faith, can drive you away. There's no root, just initial excitement, and then fleeing in the face of trouble or persecution. Consequences. The results of what it means to be a follower of Christ Jesus. Fleeing. The third soil is that of the thorns. In the explanation of this soil, the problem seems to be distractions, being sidetracked by the cares of the world. That is, sometimes the desire for comfort, for financial security, for control over our circumstances, drives us to depend on ourselves rather than on the word of Christ Jesus. Now, these things are not inherently evil. Just when we prioritize them over the gospel of our Lord, do they become problems. It comes down to a question of whether we really rely on ourselves or on God, the God who provides even for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. How much will, more will he provide for us? And the truth is, each of these soils can be us on any given day. We are often stubborn, sometimes scared, and far too easily sidetracked. And we're in good company, by the way. The disciples themselves demonstrate each of these, whether it's Peter preventing the others from understanding Peter, again denying Jesus when the trials and persecutions came, or James and John or even Judas prioritizing the cares of the world and the accumulation of wealth over following Jesus. The disciples are the bad soil. And that's the question for us. How do we get pulled away from Christ? What prevents us from understanding his word? from turning and following him, from ultimately bearing fruit? Is it obstinacy? Is it fear and anxiety? Is it the distractions of this world? Whatever it is, know this. 
There was hope for the disciples, and there is hope for us. Christ took up the cross and died for us, saving us from these very sins, so that we may follow him boldly without fear and without diversion. As Paul reminded us in the Romans reading, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies, also through his spirit that dwells in you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, help us to follow your Son, to listen to his word rather than the desires of our own hearts, so that we may truly live. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where the rust and moth doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither rust nor moth doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ Church militant here in earth. Almighty and ever-living God, who by thy holy apostle has taught us to make prayers and supplications, and to give thanks for all men, we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations, and to receive these our prayers, which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all they that do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also to save and defend all Christian kings, princes, and governors, especially thy servant Charles, our king, Alexander, the president of the Republic of Austria, Joe, the president of the United States of America, and the leaders of the nations from which we come, that under them we may be godly and quietly governed, and grant unto their whole councils and to all that are put in authority under them, that they may truly and indifferently minister justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and curates, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth thy true and lively word and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all them who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. We also bless thy holy name for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent you of your sins, and are in love and charity with your neighbors, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by thought, word, and deed, against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. 
we do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us. The burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life, to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all them that with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ saith unto all that truly turn to him. Come unto me, all that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hear also what St. Paul saith, This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Hear also what St. John saith, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Holy, holy, holy. Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Glory be to thee, O Lord Most High. Amen. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made thereby his one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. And at institute and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Savior has taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank thee for that thou dost vouchsafe to feed us who have duly received these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members in corporate in the mystical body of thy Son, which is the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom by the merits of the most precious death and passion of thy dear Son. And we most humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Please stand for the Gloria. Glory be to God on high, and in earth peace, goodwill towards men. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee. We give thanks to thee for thy great glory, O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty. O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesu Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For thou only art holy, thou only art the Lord. Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, be amongst you now and remain with you always. Amen.